Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up and speak up. Welcome, everyone, to Voice for Victims podcast with your host, Crystal Starnes. I hope everyone is having a fabulous evening. And tonight, we're going to have a special guest on the show. And she is a very special guest. Her name is Jackie Jensen, and she is a singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, actress, and she's also the founder of Jackie J Skin. To find her product, you go to www.jackiejskin.com. But she has such an amazing story, and I just can't wait for her to share it, and you're going to be so inspired by Jackie. So let's welcome Jackie to the show. Hi, Jackie. How are you tonight? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. Oh, good. Yo, you're welcome. I'm so excited that you're on the show. I think you're going to help a lot of people. So, um, okay. how, my audio is all um, good. Yes, your audio is perfect. Um, so, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about who you are and your background? I'm good. Yes. Okay, so uh, my name is Jackie Jensen. Uh, I have music on Apple Music, music on Spotify. I'm working on about 11 new songs right now. Gosh, I wrote probably 200 songs over COVID. It was a very great introspective time for me, as I'm sure it was for everyone. Um, I, about me, I come from an amazing family. First of all, I want to thank my parents and all my siblings and just all my family. I I'm very grateful. I was uh, born on the East Coast and then lived in Texas for a little while and then came to California when I was 10. I can distinctively remember telling my mom we were walking on Dana Point Harbor one day. <clears throat> and I've always kind of been, art- I've always been artistic. I was singing in my car seat, um, loved music. I was the youngest of six. Um, and so I can distinctively remember telling my mom uh Mom, I, I want to be like Julia Roberts one day. <laughs> and then on the and then the next day I'm like singing, you know, Ace of Bass on top of a glass table for all my family. You know, I did that when I was like three years old. Or I'd be singing Backstreet Boys or I'd be dancing or I was just always artistic. That was the way I was the expressive one, you know, I was the one who had to express myself. And um you know, when you're the youngest in the family, I guess that's what you gotta do to get the attention, right? <laughs> um, but um I was uh, always very expressive, always loved life, always happy. My mom always says, you know, um, I'm one of three from my mom, and then I have three step-siblings, which have been my step-siblings since I was three, so I just were one of six at this point. Um, but, yeah, very grateful for my family, and um, my mom was an amazing mom. And so, you know, when I told her all that, she uh, she had already had me in, like, dance and singing lessons when I was younger. I think I started voice lessons when I was like seven or eight. Um, I did like a whole little Jingle Bell Rock Christmas album, and I, I was always doing like little covers and stuff um, at friends' recording studios. And I can remember I was always writing poetry too, and now looking back, I know I was definitely uh, writing songs. But um, I remember my mom put me in acting lessons, and acting was really my first uh, – I mean, I loved music so much, but as far as, like, looking at, like, having a career, like, even at, like, 10 or 11, I was like, wow, I could actually do this for the rest of my life. 
Um, so my mom put me in acting lessons. I started doing theater. I was doing uh, stage theater pr- productions every six months. I worked with a woman named Elizabeth Kent, who was a fundamental woman in my life because she was so strong, very strong, um, and just very vocal and such a great acting coach. Um, I'm very grateful for her if she listens to this. Elizabeth, I love you. Thank you so much for, for everything that you taught me. And my mom was just a super mom. Like, she was like, they're at all my practices. They're you know, taking me to auditions. I actually went on my first audition, and I booked a national Jack in the Box. Um, so I had this natural talent. I had this love of life. I was vivacious. I was funny. Um, and I'm going into all this first because when I talk about my story, it's pretty dramatic, pretty uh, happening to me. So I want to give the listeners, I want you guys to all understand that I was. I um, was very friendly with all my friends. I was pretty popular. I mean, I had moved around a lot, so I um, – I, li- I was born in New Jersey. I'd lived in Dallas, Houston, and then Dana Point. So, you know, I got used to being the new kid. I got used to, um, you know, making friends. And I feel like that was also a great part of my fundamental upbringing because to this day I'm not afraid of being anywhere new. I'm not afraid of anyone. I, um, I learned, I believe it's important that kids learn to travel. You know, if there's any parents listening, like, Don't be afraid of taking your kids new places, letting them travel, going new places, starting a new school, starting a new city. I mean, because it teaches your kids the things that they're going to experience as an adult. You know, they're they're not going to always be in the same place forever. And I've seen some of my friends that have lived in the same house, the same place since they were born, and now they're 18, they go to college, and they're like, oh, my gosh. Like, they don't have the coping skills to be able to, um, you know, be in a new place all by themselves. So, you know, if there's any parents listening, I would highly suggest, like, just traveling with your kids because I was very lucky that way. Not only did I move a lot, but my dad, who daddy's girl, I love my dad. He was an airline pilot, so I got used to, like, being an unaccompanied minor when I was, like, four or five and flying from my mom to my dad and flying with the flight attendants and them giving me wings. And I mean, it was just all these fundamental experiences I learned to – be a young adult and um and I really feel like that's helped me so much as an adult just the things that I experienced as a child so you know I'm very grateful for my parents very grateful for my family and I'm also grateful that um my love of the arts no matter what I've been through has carried me um you know in this contest if you have a child or you have a young adult um or even you yourself if you're struggling with any kind of you know, depression or anxiety. I, I, this more as I share my story, but I cannot suggest enough finding something that you love because no matter what, that's what's going to keep you going. That's what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. You know, job, your job is great. Obviously, having a family is wonderful, but if you're by yourself and you just need to have something um, to get you out of bed, falling in love with some kind of art or craft or hobby. Like, you know, music for me was one, acting's another. But you can even fall in love with, like, getting out and bike riding or just competing in a marathon or whatever it is. But having a goal, having something to focus on, a dream, you know, that's what gives you hope and that's what gets you through anything. And so I'm very grateful that um, I was able to experience all these things when I was younger because 
going through the trauma that I'm going to talk about, it really helped me eventually. I knew I had to get back to that dream, you know. My mom always says, focus on the dream and not the problem, right? I mean, it's easier said than done, but there is a lot of truth in that. Um, So anyways, yeah, so when I was uh, 10, I booked a national jack-in-the-box commercial. It was so much fun. It was the holiday ball commercial. I remember we were on set for two days, and I can remember being like 10 or 11 years old and leaving with like a $1,500 check of just being on set for one one or two days, you know, or for each day. It was pretty amazing, you know. I'm like, oh, wow, I made three grand in two days. Like, it was pretty cool. And I can remember being a kid and just be like, this is, like, fun. Like, how am I making money? And this is also fun. And just everyone was nice. And I remember the director had given me instructions for this one scene. And, like, I'm supposed to open the medicine cabinet. And there's all these, like, little holiday balls dancing in my medicine cabinet. Because basically the theme of this commercial was that we're set in the 1950s and it's Christmas time. And the family is, you know, at the Christmas table, and they take the lid off the turkey, and there's holiday balls dancing around. And then and then the daughter, me, I go in the bathroom, and I open the medicine cabinet, and there's holiday balls. So basically, like, these little holiday balls are, like, invading the, the house on Christmas. And so it was really funny. And so I told the director um, I wanted to change one of the scenes, and he actually let me change it. And I thought that, that was cool because originally I opened the medicine cabinet, and toothpaste was supposed to, like, foam out of my mouth and I can remember it was like Tom's toothpaste and I had probably done the scene like three or four times and my mouth was on fire I'm like excuse me sir can I please change this and he actually like took my took my tidbit of information I said you know I can do this really cool thing with my eyebrow where I put one down and one up and he said yeah let's let's do that and so it's cool because now when I go back and I watch that commercial that's like they like zoomed in on that shot of me doing that with my eyebrows and oh that was really cool and uh Fast forward to now, like, you know, 20 years later, I'm directing my own music video, and um, and I remember that. Like, I, it's cool to be able to direct a music video and be like, you know, like, I'm going to follow my gut and my instinct, and, and this is what I think will look good. And it's cool that I even had that little directing-type spirit when I was younger. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so that's a little bit about, about my, my upbringing. Uh, with music, I was always musical. I loved Celine Dion, Britney Spears. I mean, even, like, when I got my agent, I um, I got my agent because I, my mom was like, oh, she can, like, you want to see her do Baby One More Time? And I just, like, did, like, the full choreography of that song. Sang, danced. I mean, I literally just had no fear. I just, just did it. Um, and for me, it wasn't – it was never about the attention or any of that. It was all about because I really loved that song, like, and I loved that video. And I guess I'm just so passionate. Like, it's like I either like something or I don't, and if I like it, I'm all the way with it. And I'm like that with a lot of things in my life, with my commitment and my drive. And I'm very grateful um, that God has given me that. And so to be on here with you, Crystal, is just so much fun to be able to inspire others and – um, I know your daughter's an, an awesome performer as well. So um, how long has she been doing that? Um, she's been in it for about four, a little over four years, but she actually took a break this year um, just, just to get a break from it just because there was a lot that went on last year with the cheerleading, and she was on two teams. And, and so we just figured we would just take a break on it. But she um, she's going to be doing sing, singing lessons again. She took a break for the summer on the singing lessons, but she is going to be starting that back up um, in the next couple weeks. So she is at least doing that. 
Um, she is going to be 10 in a couple weeks. Her birthday's in September, hey, so pretty so soon. She'll... <laughs> yeah, it's a fun age. I mean, it has its challenges, too, but thank you. <laughs> but, um, that you so, have her doing that. Hi. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. You have her doing that. That's awesome yeah. that you have her doing that. Yeah. Yeah, thank That's you. So great. <laughs> So um, you were talking about, like, like your acting and, and singing and stuff. Um, like, did you ever face any challenges, you know, growing up that you want to talk about? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, okay, so at that age, I was in, like, fifth grade. And obviously there's, you know, always going to be some jealousy. Most of my peers thought it was really cool that I was in a commercial and that I was doing stuff, but obviously one of the challenges I faced was some jealousy from some people. They're like, oh, like, oh, you're going to be late for your audition. Oh, blah, 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 you know. And you just kind of have to tune that out. Um, It would be similar to, like, being the star of your football team, right? Like, not everyone's going to like you. Some people are going to have their own opinions. But like I said, if you stay true to what you love and you follow your passion, what anyone else says right because that's what you know god put you down here to do and that's what you get to do um so yeah that was one thing and then another thing is like you know i'm that maybe i could have gone to friends houses or done you know something like go to the beach and and i did get to do that but there was also times when i had activities and i couldn't go and i had auditions and i had to leave school early i i remember i had to get a work permit when I was younger, you know, like I think I was like 11 or 12. So I had to maintain like basically perfect grades in order to um, keep my work permit. And then, you know, so I'd miss out on time with my friends because I was going to auditions or driving to L.A. or whatever it was. So those were two things, I guess, that were challenges. But, you know, I just loved it so much. Like it was never my mom like pushing me. It was always like me being like, Mom, I want to do this. I want to do this. Like I was just so – passionate about it like I love movies I I remember um I had watched like all the classics like Sound of Music you know all of the um West Side Story like I was just really I was really into musicals and um really into all the like classic movies and stuff so yeah those were those were two of the things um I guess that were challenges but I just stayed true to the to the love of it you know right yeah, I think that um, it would have been challenging because, you know, kids envy that, you know, and you face challenges. Like if they, they don't have it, like you, you're you able to do that and, and that would cause them to be resentful and you might have had yeah. probably bullying, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, um, I am. Um... I've always been one to stand up for my friends too. I think, yeah, I've had some bullying and then I've also seen more or less I've seen my friends be bullied and I just don't stand for that I've there's been a few times in my life that I've stood up for my friends and not let them be bullied and and it's it's crazy I can imagine it's probably even worse now because of the internet and all that but um you know cell phones didn't come around until I was in like I don't know sixth or seventh grade so (laughs) um and social media really didn't come around until I was in high school so it's um, it's a whole different world out there now, right? <laughs> it is, it is, yeah. 
Um, Does your daughter face any of that kind of bullying or anything? My youngest did um, when she was in cheerleading this last time around. So that is why um, we're taking a year off. It's, It's unfortunate because she is really progressing and she still, she can do a back tuck. Um, here at the house, she does it on the trampoline, and she does a front tuck. She does back handsprings. I mean, she's a little performer, um, but she still has fear of, you know, being around the kids. And it was only a couple of them. I mean, most of the people at that cheer gym treated her very well. Um, you know, the coaches, everybody was very good with her. It was just a select few, but she was on two different teams, so she was around a lot of kids because each team was like about yeah. – 17 or 18 girls and one had a boy on it, but the boy was always very good to her. So, um, but yeah, so that, that caused a little bit of trauma. And and so we, um, you know, we're taking a break from it for now. So that's good. good. Let her, let her, uh, have a little break and, and enjoy life. And, and then she can go back and who knows, maybe they will have a change of heart. You know, that's a tough age, like 10 to, I feel like 10 to 14 is like the hardest time for girls, you know, because their mm-hmm. bodies are changing and they're going through things. And yeah, it's just so, uh, so interesting, right? It's just, uh, yeah. And good for like you. one of her things yeah. is she, um, she suffers some speech delay. So she, I mean, you can understand her, but there are times that you might not be able to understand a word. And, you know, I'm not sticking up for the girls by no means, but you know, she does face that challenge when she's interacting with other kids because maybe they don't understand her, you know. So it's been hard yeah. for her just because of her, you know. But she's come a long way. I mean, she can talk really good. She can read really well. Like, if you tell her to read something, like, she sounds totally normal. So, I mean, she's really getting a lot better now, you know, because we've had her in speech oh, therapy and everything. But um, And she's very sensitive type girl like she's a sweetheart you know but she oh. takes everything to heart you know yeah no I totally understand I was very sensitive when I was younger too it's I think it's like an artistic thing you know like when you're in touch with yourself especially being a performer you have to have that awareness of yourself um, especially being a gymnast or a, or a dancer or any of that like you're very aware of your physical body or aware of your emotional self, you know, so I totally understand. And, and, and I think music will help her, you know, music can be very healing and singing and it's good to be uh, diversified too. You know, like I did years where I did uh, dance and then I did years where I did vocal training and then I did years where I did acting, you know, so I can't, I can't uh, emphasize that enough. I think it's good that she, uh, you know, she's so good at cheer already. So maybe she takes some time to, focus on music or even dance like you know she might find mm-hmm. something that she really enjoys so yeah right never never too early to start piano or a guitar too <laughs> so, well she yeah. she actually did piano for two years and she took a break um from piano okay. in january of this year only because okay. again like she was in the cheerleading she you know we were going there like three to four days a week and it was just overwhelming yeah. with all the activities, so right. she took a break from piano. But, yeah, she can play. That's great. Yeah, well, now if she's not doing cheer, maybe piano or something again, because that's something that doesn't involve speech. I mean, it does if she's singing, but if she's just playing, right. you know, she play. And I tell you what, I'm so grateful that I learned piano. And my mom played organ in church. Um, so, but, but, I mean, she had years and years of, of piano lessons my grandma would 
would make her practice before she could go do anything. So my mom can just sit down at the piano and play. And I'm the same way, but I, I do more, I'm like more like sit down and write a song and she's more like classical, which is just, my mom is so good on piano. It's amazing. So it's, it's, it's a really fun talent. Yeah. I love piano. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. So, So, um, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, um, like whatever else you want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so I wanted to also talk about on this podcast, you know, the world is a crazy place, right? You know, so um, I went through some trauma, which I want to talk about. And I, I also just want any, anybody out there that um, is going through anything, just remember how important you are. You, you are one of one. This is your life. And if you're afraid to talk about anything, find somebody that you can trust. Find somebody to talk to because there is light on the other end of the tunnel. So for me, I had a great upbringing until I was about 11. And um, then, you know, we went through some – still so hard for me to kind of talk about it because I was telling you, Crystal, like, I really, you know, I've put myself out there. I'm doing music. I'm doing all this stuff. I have my skincare line. And I still am still healing from everything that I went through. Um, You know, I was basically sexually abused when I was around 11, and it continued for, you know, about two years. Happened a couple times over that period. And then it happened to me again with a different group of people when I was about 13. And so I'm still, you know, I'm 31 now, and I'm still healing from it. You know, it's like it's – Physically, I'm all better, but emotionally, every time I talk about it, it's it's hard to go back to that place because I feel like I'm a whole new person. Like, I know that God saved me, and the only reason that I'm here, well, not the only reason, but the main reason that I'm here is to help others. So I'm trying to be strong and talk about it, and I know I told you, Crystal, I don't know if I'm able to talk, if I'm going to be able to talk about it, and you were like, just think about all the people that you can help if you come on and talk about it, and so... I want to because I want to, like, you know, make a video and, and share it with my, my fans and my viewers. And I'm, write, I'm already writing songs about everything I've been through. And um, I'm glad that the world is coming around to not have the stigma and not have the closed feeling we used to have. It was like, you, you know, if you were a rape victim or you were a sexual abuse survivor, like, you just didn't talk about it. Like, and now the world is totally different. It's like people are coming forward and just the whole Me Too movement. And it's just, it's like just taking a deep breath of fresh air, right? Like, it's amazing to see that the courage um, that people have to talk about these things is inspiring to me. So, so anyways, so I had gone through all these awesome times, you know, acting and music and all that. And then, um, my mom, who's my best friend, you know, we, I had a single mom growing up, works her butt off. It was, I'm so grateful for everything. Um, but we had someone living with us that, um, you know, we were kind of going through a little bit of a financial hard time. My mom was in sales. So, um, and she and my grandpa had basically like invented spray vitamins and something had happened with one of their customers. And so there was just a, 
a rough patch of money for us. And um, so we had some roommates come in and live with us. And I remember that was very difficult for me because I wanted it to just be me and my mom. And really, she had no option looking back on it. You know, she was just trying to help us survive. And we thought we had someone living in our house that we could trust. And unfortunately, he was completely untrustworthy. He was an ex-Marine, um, had a Purple Heart, you know. So in in my mind, I already, like, was afraid of him just because of his size and, and who he was. And he just, he was an alcoholic, so now I don't trust him, you know. And I um, was very, very aware. I was always, like, my mother's guardian when I was younger. And I think that's just being precocious and, and who I am and being smart. And like I was talking to you before, like I've had that self-awareness, right? Like, you know, similar to what your daughter has. Like I, I'm just very aware of my surroundings. And because, you know, I, it was just me and my mom most of the time. I, I did, I had to worry, you know, like who is this person and all that. And, you know, he was always a good friend and always tried to be like, nice in front of her but then you know he did a lot of things to take advantage of my mom like going out on vendors and having her come pick him up and my mom just has such a big heart like she was basically taking care of him you know and um and you know they dated and stuff off and on but mostly you know they dated and then they were friends and they dated and they were friends but he took advantage of so so much of her heart and it was so hard for me to watch that and then you know my mom would be gone at work and there were two different incidences the first time she was gone and, and um, I had come home from school and he, he was like in, you know, in bed drunk or whatever recovering. And he's like, Oh, can you change the movie for me? And, and so like I put a new movie in or whatever. And then like, he just pulled me and kissed me and I was like, Ew, get off me. And like, that was shocking. I remember that was like the first time I was like, Whoa, like what just happened? And like, you know, as a, like, 11-year-old, you, like, rationalize, you're, like, whoa, like, did he think, like, I was my mom, or, like, what, and then there was another incident where, like, um, I'd come home, he didn't know that I was home, and I saw him, like, taking money out of my mom's purse, and it was just, like, all these different things where I was, like, wow, this guy is a psycho, like, I, I don't trust him, and then my bedroom was next to his bedroom, and then my mom's room was, like, down the hall, and um, there were just, two different incidences that happened where I'm not going to go into the detail, but where I, you know, sexually he took advantage of me. And, um, and that was very traumatizing. Like I, I, I just feel like, how did I get in this situation? Like, you know, um, I didn't understand what was happening. I felt completely violated and, I wanted to vocalize what was going on, but I didn't know how. And um, I wanted to tell my mom so bad. I, I, I had told her, but, like, not, like, exactly what happened because he's like, you don't say anything. You don't say anything. If you say anything, I'll kill you. And, like, he was like, another time he was like, I'll either kill you or I'll kill your mom. So he said it like he was, like, <laughs> like joking, but, like, I, I knew he was serious. And whether he was joking or he was serious, like, I just was afraid of him. So I didn't want to say anything anyway. And, um, you know, I'm getting ready to go to middle school. I also have the pressure of my friends. I also have this pressure of, like, I'm still auditioning for stuff. I still i am, like, auditioning for stuff. I'm getting callbacks on stuff, and then I'm not getting the job. And so, like, I was going through all these things. 
on top of like just preparing for sixth grade, I was at this time where you said like the girls can kind of be kind of mean. Like, I think I really needed more support from my friends. And I mean, how 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 are you supposed to like say that? Like, I don't know. Like when you're that age, you don't know how to say. It's like you in your brain, you know, you need it, but like you don't know how to say you need it. I don't know. It was just like going through all that trauma. So I just started swimming. Like that's what I, I got really into dieting and swimming. And I was like, oh, this is this is like my outlet. So I've always been athletic. And like now, really, I have like a, a body type where I'm very athletic. I, you know, um, I, I'm really, it really doesn't matter like what I eat now, like looking back on it, but like now I can like I'm just active and I eat well and everything's about nutrition for me and I'm very healthy. But at that point I was like, oh, I want to like eat like chicken breasts and vegetables and swim a hundred laps. So I that was my outlet. I would go up to my pool and I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna swim a hundred laps. And I found out it was like if I was exercising, I didn't have to think about trauma and I didn't have to think about home because I think my home, I started feeling like I'm not safe there. And I mean this is not my mom's fault at all. Like to this day, like. My mom blames herself, and 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 it was not her fault. I want to clearly say that, like nothing. My my, if my mom would have known what he was doing at the time, there is no doubt in my mind that she would have called the cops, and he would have been gone, and who knows what would have happened to him. Any of my family members, if my dad would have known, if anyone would have known, he would be toast. Okay, but I was trying to protect my mom and protect me, and 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 it's it's just. I mean, I'm so glad you're doing this podcast, Crystal, because it's true. There needs to be voice for victims, like, because when you go through that, you're so afraid of what could happen. You're not, like, maybe you don't make the best judgment in the moment about what to do. And, you know, even, like, I was reading this case last night. I'm not going to mention the name, but there was this guy in California who raped college students, and then, like, he got, like, six months in jail. So we all know it's so messed up the justice system, there's really not a punishment. It's like a slap on the wrist mostly for, for, for um, rapists or, you know, people who molest people. I mean, maybe they're put on a list, but as far as like physical jail time, I mean, wouldn't you agree with that, Crystal? Like it's just not, it doesn't favor women yet in that system. And I mean, I think we're making steps towards there, but this is wrong. Like rape is just as bad as murder. This ruins people's lives. I mean, for me going through this, um, and I'm going to explain even more, like I literally should be dead by what I went through because of going through sexual abuse. Like I starved myself to a point of I was not supposed to be alive. So, yes, maybe you're not like killing someone, but you're killing their soul. And when you do that to somebody, it's not fair. It's demoralizing. And it's, it's a, you know, it's not always guaranteed that they're going to – survive it and also they're going to live with that every day of their life so you know it's it's uh i don't feel like the justice system has made it fair yet you know like they're like oh you need this kind of evidence oh where's the panties oh where's you know it's like who's going to save their panties and bring them in for 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 um whatever evidence later i mean when you when you're raped or you're molested you're just your body's going to go into shock you're not going to save anything you're probably going to throw all your clothes away. You don't want to have anything from that experience. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just, it's, 
I don't feel like it's fair yet. I don't feel like the people that perpetrate get punished enough. And I feel like the system still favors, most of the time still favors men because they're in higher positions. And, you know, you can hate me for saying that, but it's the truth, you know. And so, yes, men are also victims of this situation. Absolutely. Men and women are can both be victims. Um, but the majority of the victims are women. Um, we're smaller, we're less strong um, for, on a physical stance, not mentally. Mentally and emotionally, we're, we're probably the stronger sex but because of childbirth and all that. But physically, we're in a position where, you know, the last 100 years, last 200, whatever, hundreds of years, we've been in a position where we are less than, you know. Um, and so we've there's been a lot of times where men are in higher positions and they take advantage of women and it's just not fair. And so I hope by sharing my story, um, it can help you if you've gone through something like this to realize that it's very, it's very traumatizing to talk about it again and to relive it, but it also is healing in its own way because you're going to be able to help others. So many people go through this and they feel alone so it's good to be able to talk about it. So, um, Crystal, I know you've been through some things as well, right? Yes. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing your story with me. And um, we are survivors, right? Yes, we are. And I agree with everything you're saying. Yeah. Um so I, you know, usually I'm one that that goes back and forth a lot. But Crystal was like, "I want you to share your story. Just talk as much as you, talk as much as you can." So it's interesting. It's like I, uh, I'm so used to being in business now and like going back and forth, and it's 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 nice, but it's also a little scary to be here, like thinking about everything because I'm like, wow, I really could talk for an hour about everything I've been through. So do you want me to continue a little bit more about the story? Um, yeah, if you want. I mean, whatever you want to do, it's okay. fine. Okay. So, um, going through all that, this is this is what I wanted to do to help kind of inspire others. So, it's not necessarily only the trauma sometimes that happens, but it's the result of the trauma, right? So, I've been through a lot of therapy, and going through all that, um, my thing I was saying was to swim the laps, and then I was, you know, restricting my food and all that, and so... The outcome was that for about 10, 10 to 15, it was like 10 years of like actually being in it and then like five years of recovery. But um, for about 10 years, I starved myself time. I got down to 56 pounds. I remember that was like two months after swimming and restricting my food like that. And I didn't notice it. Like I was so in a blur of everything that I didn't notice it. And I went home and I saw my dad and my dad was like, oh, my gosh, like you're a skeleton. My family was like, what, is, what has happened? Because um, a lot of my family, like, lives over in Utah. And so my dad talked to my mom and my mom had noticed. My mom knew I was thin and stuff. But when you see someone every day, I guess she just didn't notice it as much as me flying home. And, and my dad seen me after, like, months, you know. So my mom and dad both agreed, you know, let's get her in therapy. Let's take her to see a doctor. And... um. I just, that was my outlet. So I had anorexia um, for, uh, yeah, about 10 years. And uh, then when I was about 
2014, I want to say. Everything is, it's my memory is not 100% on everything just because I was in that state of starving myself for so long that um, it was hard on my brain, you know. But um, I think it was about when I was 16 that the guy who had sexually abused me killed himself. And I remember once that happened, I finally felt safe. And I had to kind of start undoing all these patterns that I had taught myself over all these years. Because keep in mind, this is at a fundamental age uh, when you're growing and all that, and you're supposed to be giving your body nourishment. And I had kind of like always been on a diet. So my, um, my suggestion for everyone out there or for anyone who's going through this is, if you know anybody that's struggling with an eating disorder, please be there for them. Please don't be judgmental. And definitely don't try to come from a place of control because – for me, if anyone was like, you're going to sit down and you're going to eat, I would just be like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. And I, I mean, I was like most people that get eating disorders are very smart. Like they, they've done all these studies and stuff and it's really the type A personalities that do it because it requires an, an excessive amount of discipline and self-control and, you know, you have to be very driven. Anyways, it's usually the type, type A personalities. So it's those straight A student people. It's the people who, um, you know, or top of their class or whatever. So coming from just a place of like, hey, I can see you're maybe going through something. If you ever want to talk, I'm here for you. That would probably be the best thing to do. And if you're a parent, um, definitely don't come from a place of control, a place of judgment, anger. Any of that is just going to make it worse. Just being loving, putting your arms around them, saying I'm here for you, getting them in therapy, that's that's the best thing that you can do. Um also, don't be naive because they're very smart. Like, I remember I would, like, sit down and be like, oh, yeah, I ate. And then, like, I would put my food in my napkin and throw it away. So, like, it's um, – you just have to be caring and don't give up because, like, for me, um, I got down to 56 pounds and then I would, like, fluctuate. I'd go up – I think when I was in fifth grade, like, before anything happened, I was, like, 75 pounds. Then I went down to 56 pounds. And let me tell you, to get that weight back was very hard. I mean, I was – like, I already had a fast metabolism, so – once I had lost, like, those 20 pounds, it was hard to get it back, and, and then it was hard to keep it there. Um, so, yeah, so finally, like, around age 20, I got better. And, you know, like, going through high school and middle school, the, the kids were not always nice, you know, especially when I was, like, really skinny. They'd be like, oh, what's wrong with you, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, I would get back up to a normal weight, and then, like, something would trigger me, and I would feel bad again. So it was um, not – it was, it was the uh, repercussion of – trauma and then I had depression and anxiety which which fueled the eating disorder it wasn't it's not like just someone's like oh I just have anorexia like there's always a trauma behind everything and it's the same thing with like people that use drugs it's the same thing that people who have any kind of like addiction or problem like there's something behind it I would say almost all the time um so um it's important that you have the right therapist too because the wrong therapist can really mess it up. I had wrong therapists and that was no good. But I'll tell you the thing that got me better, now getting to the good side of everything, is that I always had this dream, right? I always was very driven, wanted to be successful because I'm that type A personality. <laughs> and um I think that once I got older it was never someone that was gonna do it for me. It was something I mean my love of God is number one of everything I I love my heavenly father I know that he's given me a mission to make the world better and to help others and so that was always there but I you know first you have to help yourself right and I just didn't have the tools yet to help myself but going through therapy really helped I mean my family sent thousands of dollars to help me 
get the help that I need. So obviously that, that is important. And, you know, if you don't have those money and those resources, I mean, my family didn't really didn't either, you know, it's like they, we had to use our insurance and all that, but just finding the right therapist, talking to your insurance, finding the way to get the help because you need the help. You cannot do it alone. Um, and life is so beautiful. Life is so worth living. You know, I, if you're not a believer in God, that's fine, but I'm a believer, so I'm going to keep talking about God. And God definitely put people in my life. He gave me things to happen to me for a reason because I don't think I would appreciate life as much now if I didn't go through all this trauma. And I thank you so much, Crystal, for having me on today because I'm like, this is so, this is so much messed up stuff what I went through. I mean, like, just such a dark period of time when most people experience their most joy is maybe like from like 11 to, you know, 17 or 18. But for me, um, I had a lot of fun. I had friends, but then like when my friends were not around, I had this, I had this, I forgot, I used to have a name for it, but it was like, it was like the darkness that filled me when I was alone. And I think it was because, you know, my mom had to work a lot. She was an only mom. We, we lived in Southern California, which is very expensive. So my siblings were all older. So I would be with my friends, but then I, when I was alone, it just, these thoughts would come, come in and going to therapy. I mean, that's like, what, an hour a week? So the other times that you're alone, um, it was very difficult for me. And so I, I think, you know, having the dream, once I got to a place where my brain, once I started eating more to where my brain had nourishment, because looking back on it, my mind would race and, and I would have this worse anxiety, more, the less that I ate. So I would say to people, you know, food is fuel. Um, I'm 31 now. I have not restricted or dieted or starved myself since I was probably about, oh, 22. You know, I got better when I was around 20. And then from 20 to 25, it was kind of, I wasn't starving myself anymore, but there was, it was still like recovery. I wasn't all the way there, you know, but now I'm 31 and the last like six, seven, eight, nine years have been amazing for me. Um, I'm now the founder of my own skincare line. Skin is so awesome now because I use my products, but also because I eat good food. I drink a lot of water. I work out. I realize that my body is a vessel that God gave me, and I have to take care of it. And I know what can happen if I don't take care of it. And, um, you know, I, I, when I was starving myself, I remember I would go to the hospital thinking I had a heart attack. I remember my parents had to take me multiple times in the middle of the night because I was having such a bad panic attack. I literally thought I was having a heart attack and they're like, they put me on an EKG and I can remember shivering in like the hospital gown, like just like shivering because I was so skinny and I was just so cold. And, um, and that was mostly a result of, not, you know, not eating, obviously and panic attacks, reliving all that trauma in my head. But I'm just like, even when I go through really hard times now, just because I'm able to give my body fuel and working out is such an amazing Obviously, I don't do it excessively now. I just go to the gym, you know, and do my normal strength training and cardio. And I look at everything like, what is this going to do for my mind? And being a business owner, there's a lot of pressure. Like, I have to do sales tax. I have my regular tax. <laughs> I have uh, doing pop-up events. I have my customers. I have going to the post office. I have fulfillment. I have manufacturing. I have labels. I'm coming out with a new eye cream soon, so I have to get that already in the marketing and the website. And there's just so many things that could be stressful, but... I look at, okay, I'm going to go for a run. Okay, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour, get as much done in an hour as I can, and I'll sit in the sauna or I'll go swimming. 
I also sometimes I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. The other day, like two days ago, I went hiking with my friends in Malibu. And we did Malibu Creek, and we went back through the beautiful hills, and then we went and we jumped in the ocean. And, and it was so good spiritually for me, and it was so good mentally for me. And the physical part was amazing. But I don't look at anything anymore like, oh, this is going to burn this is amount of calories, and this is going to do this, and this, whereas I used to, right? So um, my sense of self is very strong, and that has God. Obviously, I've had a lot of prayer. I've had a lot of time to spend with him. I mean, I've taken myself on even like little solo trips and I've gone out to Nashville and played, played music and, and had time out there. And whenever I travel alone, I, and you know, I have fun when I travel with friends too, but when I'm alone, I, I take time to just be with God and to talk. And, you know, that's the thing. It's sad. I feel bad for the people that choose to not believe in God. I mean, your choice is your choice. We live in America and that's your thing. But even if you don't go to church and you just believe in God and you're able to pray and read, I mean, that's amazing. You know, um, that will help you so much, especially if you're struggling or you're a victim of anything. I mean, having, even when you go through the 12 steps, they talk about God, you know. So um, I'm someone that does go to church, but you don't have to go to church, but you will be around good people if you go to church. I can't accentuate that enough. Like going through anything, having a sense of family is so important. I'm so lucky. I mean, I talked so much about that on this, having a good family. But if you don't have a good family, let's say your family is abusive to you. You can always make your own family with your friends, with people from church, with people that you work with. Um, I want to shout out um, another podcast that's really awesome. Crystal, yours is my number one. But there's another podcast called Do You Effing Mind? It has a horrible title. I know. <laughs> I'm not one to let curses, but she talks all about neuroscience. And this woman is amazing what she does for the world, just sharing everything about the brain and neuroscience. And that has helped me a lot recently because recently um, I've just gone through some things where I needed I didn't want to I didn't want to go to therapy because it wasn't like that but I just needed to have like some coaching on some stuff and she's got some really great topics about how to do a new start recently I I moved to a new city I kind of started my life in a new chapter um, and I'm very grateful for that my business has grown a lot because of it um, my family's very proud of me this is the first time that I've been like in my own place and. And, like, without roommates and stuff. Um, and so that's very exciting for me. And so she's really helped, like, from a neuroscience standpoint. She has her master's in it. She just talks about the brain and all these great things that you can do. And, um, you know, just having a sense of family, a sense of community, things that you belong to. And, you know, she she had mentioned, and, and I already knew this, but getting out and helping others. If you're focused on yourself and, oh, my gosh, I am so sad. This happened and this happened. Yeah, messed up things happen to all of us, I'm not minimizing that at all, but I'm just saying from a tough love standpoint, because I've had a lot of that in my life, and you need you need a lot of nurturing. You need a lot of love. You have to have those people, too, but then you need people in your life that are also like, listen, you need to get out, and you need to go find some good friends. You need, you need to go to church. You need to, and sometimes that's what you need, too. You can't have 100% of the people in your life that baby you, and you can't have 100% of the people in your life who are tough love, right? It's all balance. Everything in life is a balance, 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 balance. My dad has always been a big, big, big believer in that. My mom's also taught me that. And it really is true. And where you can find balance is having some kind of spirituality in this world. Because let me tell you what, I'm in Hollywood and I'm in, I'm in LA. I live in LA and there's a lot of people that don't believe in God here. And then there's a lot of people that do, but I'm telling you, I stay grounded because 
I have a good family. I believe in God. I go to church. I have a sense of community. I have good friends. If people are toxic, I'm like, no, I tap out. Like, I'm, I'm out of there. I'm not going to deal with that because I know being, being a past victim of all these things, right, that I don't want it to happen again. And you can't, you can't prevent messing, messed up things from happening, but you can put yourself in a situation where it's less likely to, right? And most of these things, you know, sometimes you're completely unaware of something that's going to happen, but sometimes you can be like, oh, you know what? These people are not good people. I'm not going to hang around them, right? So you, as you grow up and you get older and you get wiser, I mean, I'm just barely learning and I'm 31, but I know I can get a feeling. I can feel the spirit of people. I mean, I'm an empath, so generally, like, I can walk in a room and feel energy. Like, that's just being an artist and a performer. That's how it is. And I've really been sticking to my guns and, and listening to it, and and I've been in a lot better situations because of it. Um, so life is so wonderful. There are so many beautiful things. I mean, I've already done some mini tours around the U.S. I've played in like 15 different venues in L.A. and all over. I've played at the Whiskey, the Viper Room. I've, um, I just did a sold-out show at the end of March at the Federal. I have a band. Um, I get to play at, at parties, and I get to do all kinds of stuff now. And then my skincare line is growing. I have customers all over the world now. Um, with a big foundation in the U.S. Um, this weekend, I'm doing the Studio City pop-up. Um, I'm getting ready to do some of them in Pasadena. Um, they're like local merchants and stuff. Um, very exciting. Local merchants get together, and they make like a little pop-up event. And um, so that's really exciting. And, like, I'm so focused. Oh, my gosh. I'm so focused on my dream and everything that I want to do for the world that I don't have any time to – think about what happened to me. I mean, really, this is like one of the first times in a while that I've sat down and actually like talked about what I went through and, and thought about my life. I think it's really, I just, I am a whole new person. And for me, it started that day. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this yet or not, but one day after, you know, 10, I don't know, 10 years of therapy or something, I just walked into my therapist and I said, listen, Amy, I love you, but you've helped me so much, but I, you can't help me anymore. I have to help myself. And I remember I came out, I told my mom that, and then I told my dad that, and and um, and I got better from then on because I decided, you know, my perpetrator's dead. I want to get better. I want to live life. I don't want to sit here and waste my life anymore. You know, if I continue starving myself, it's not going to take away what happened. It was just like I had this enlightenment, which God, God definitely gave me. You know, he was like, listen – you need to, you can, you can do so many great things for the world. So I'm glad I got to come on here and talk with you, Crystal, because I'm writing music about all this. I, um, I think I've finally been able to realize that the world is in a place where it's not my fault. They're not going to view me bad because of what happened to me. And even if they do, that's their problem because what happened to me was not my fault. It was traumatic and, and it's really unfortunate that it happened um, but I don't need to hurt myself anymore because of it. In fact, now I need to help others. And so I'm writing music about it and I look forward to like sharing with my fans and, and, and the people all around the world that listen to my music. I'm, I'm excited to be able to share that story, but more or less, I want to focus on the joy and the happiness that, that the world has to offer now. And I just want everyone to know that you're not alone and, and, um, I really hope that if you're going through these things that you listen to what I've been talking about, about finding your family and finding your people because trauma is such an isolating thing 
And, you know, a lot of people go inward. They get on drugs to not, not feel it or they drink to not feel it. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but you really, you really can't erase what happened and you can't numb it away. And the worst thing that you could do would be to hurt yourself because of it. And your body is so precious, you know, um, and it's, we're really all um, walking on a fragile line. I'm a big believer in the environment too and, and helping the world. I mean, we're just so, we're so lucky to be alive on this spinning globe that goes through the solar system. I mean, and it's so fragile. So um, do what you can to help others and help the world, you know, recycle. I even recycle all my Jackie J skin bottles because we're really, the life is precious. Life is fragile. Don't hurt your body. Don't hurt yourself. Be good to your body. Be good to your mind. You know, these are all things that you need to do to live. You deserve to live to your fullest potential, you know. Um, so, yeah, this has been so fun, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. You've been through a lot, and you are such an inspiration for many people out there. Thank you. Um, you yeah, it's um, you've gotten through it. You're lucky to be alive. I am. I yeah, am. It's yeah, amazing. <laughs> and you see, yeah, I'm me very now, proud of now. you. Oh, thank you. I, I, I mean, I look healthy. I feel healthy. I am healthy. And I'm like, I look at these pictures back of me when I was younger, and I'm just like, oh, I was trying. I was really trying to find that light, and now I found it, and I won't let go of it. You know. So, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's a constant, it's a constant thing that we all have to do. Let's say, even if you haven't been sexually abused, or you haven't um, been through an eating disorder, or you haven't had drug addiction, or any of that. I believe everyone in their life goes through at least one period of darkness and that's putting it very lightly, you know, whether it be a divorce or maybe a child got sick or whatever it is, everybody has a time in their life where they feel like they're the victim. Oh God, why is this happening to me? Maybe someone got in a bad car accident. Maybe your husband cheated on you. I mean, whatever it is, there's always a time where we feel like the victim, right? So I believe that your podcast is, going to help others and especially for those who have been victims of any kind of abuse um this is just so fundamental that they have a place that they can just get on and listen right um i know domestic abuse is a huge thing too that i feel very passionate about i mean when i was younger that was one thing i forgot to mention is that i saw my mom get hit by my biological dad and that was oh that was so traumatic and i mean she left him after that and he's never been in my life since i was luckily raised by an amazing dad who I call dad. Um, but I, I mean, domestic abuse is just ridiculous what goes on in America and it's so hard for people to talk about it, you know, cause they don't want their family to fall apart and they don't want, you know, they don't want their kids to be in the midst of it. So I'm so grateful that um, you have this podcast crystal and I am excited to share with my friends and, family and I wish you all the best with everything that you're doing thank you yes yeah I um I started it to you know due to my situation I just felt like I suffered for years in silence and I wanted to find a way to be able to reach out to people and you know, and, and that's why I started it because I figure, you know, this way people can come on here, they can get educated, they can listen to other people's stories, and you know, maybe if they hear something, it might relate to them, it might help them. 
you know, yeah. so that's why I wanted to do it. Like, you know, my situation, you know, I wasn't able to talk about it, you know, and then with what I used to do for a living, you know, I had to really be careful, you know, how, you know, they pretty much had a lot of control over um, me, you know, working in that capacity. And now that I'm out of there, you know, I can use my freedom of speech, right? I can um, talk about whatever I'm allowed to. And it feels so good to be able to talk. And I, that's why I want to help as many people as possible, because you are traumatized, you are going to live with it the rest of your life, but it's a way to heal as well. Like this is helping me, you know, slowly heal over the situation. Like I get emotional when I talk about my situation too, you know, so I, that's what I I am trying. I feel like, yeah. Others. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying is like getting out and helping others. That's what you're doing. You know what I mean? Right. It makes you, it makes you feel good when you're helping other people. You know, it, right. it helps you, you know, with your situation, just makes you feel better because you feel like, like with me, and, and I'm sure, you, I know you relate too because you believe in God as well. I think God is working through all of us who have been through the situation that want to help people. Yeah. It's like, you know, we, we face these challenges and at the time we didn't realize that, you know, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? You know, but now looking back on it, it's like, oh, okay, he was preparing us to help other people and, and you know try to change the world to make it a better place. You know, I mean, if you look at it from a positive angle, then it makes you feel a little bit better and it helps you get through each day. Yep. And yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, like, uh, you know, God only gives us as much as we can handle. Right. (laughs) It's, uh, Mm -hmm. it's crazy because I see a lot of great people and their walk with God is so strong. And then they have all these things that happen to them. And it's like we have to laugh about it because it's the only way you can get through it because um, God only gives you as much as you can handle. And it's amazing, though, because our challenges become our strengths, right? Um, the things that are are hard strengthen our relationship with God, I believe. Would you say so? Yes. Oh, I absolutely 100% agree. Yeah. So, you know, um it's it's amazing life life is amazing the things that we go through and and yeah i i couldn't have made it without god i i don't i don't know how people do but if you do you do you know but it's just it does make life so much easier being able to lean on him when we're in times of of peril or challenge um you know it's he died for our sins you know uh, Jesus died for our sins and, and, and we need to take advantage of that, you know? So, um, we need to be able to lean on him and, and pray and, and not feel alone, you know? Cause being alone right. just fuels everything. It fuels everything. So if it's not good, like I said, when I was going through all that, that was the time that was hard for me is when I was alone. You know, now when I'm alone, I love it. I, like, write music or I work or whatever. But, you know, especially kids, gosh, you know. It's hard if you don't have siblings around, too. You know, you're um, – you've got to I, – I believe in keeping kids busy, too, because that's – you want them to be busy, even not too busy, right? You want to have the balance. But, right. But ha- having activities and – and yeah, like you said, you have to make sure that when they're in those activities that the kids are being nice, you know? So I think always yeah. being a parent, 
I really look forward to being a parent. I think that's why I keep talking about it. I look forward to being a mom one day. And I have nieces and nephews, and, and I've had a lot of teaching as far as watching everybody else grow up and have kids. But um, when I'm a parent, I always want to be someone that my kids, no matter what, even when they do something wrong, that they can come to. Because, you know, when you're, you can tell your kids, don't do that, or I don't want you to do that, or you need to be this way or that way. But regardless of what you think, your kids are going to do what they want anyway. And, you know, so being more open and non-judgmental, I think, is the best way to be. Um, and you know, obviously having boundaries and rules and, and, you know, being strict with certain things is very important. But I'm just saying, like, coming from a place of where they're accepted and they're loved no matter what, um, having that openness to communicate, I mean, that, I always felt like I could tell my mom anything, you know. And, and pretty much with my dad, too, but I was just – I had more time with my mom growing up. So, um, you know, I think that really helped me. Um, I never felt like she was going to judge me. Still to this day, I'm like, I can tell my mom anything, you know, and that's important for kids to have. I mean, wouldn't you say that's kind of like how it is with you and your daughter? Yeah. Yeah, they're very, both my kids are attached to me, so (laughs) they talk to me all the time. I love that. Yeah, very important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being brave enough to come on here and having the courage of everything that you've went through. Um, I, I, you did an amazing job on this. When you listen to it later, you'll be like, "Oh my gosh!" You'll, you'll be proud of yourself because you did very well. <laughs> uh, well, I, I prayed ahead of time, so I guess God kind of just took over. I mean, it's like now, even when I hesitate, like God puts people in my life, um, and I'm so glad you're a believer too. I can talk about all that. Because that's the people in my life all the time. Like, you know, the other day this girl was over here and she was over at my place and she was struggling with an eating disorder. And um, I just was straight up with her. I was like, li- she was like trying to tell me that she could live off of oxygen and sunshine. And um, I was like, listen, you know, I know you want to believe that, but you can't. Like your body is your vessel. This is what you have for the rest of your life. And you don't want to have all kinds, you don't want your heart to stop. You don't want to go through all the, you don't want to have tubes in you. You don't want to go through all this stuff that's going to happen if you don't feed yourself. We we have to eat. Like, it's just, it's part of life. You might not enjoy it, but but you have to. And once you do, you're going to feel so much better. And, and I asked her what she was passionate about, and she said, I just really love islands, and I, and I love travel and all that. So we were talking about that, and, like, her face just lit up, and she was happy. And so, you know, God puts people in my life, and so I'm glad I was able to come on here and talk about it. And now, just like you, now I know that I have to talk about these things because I have to help others. And and it is it is a crazy story that I'm able to share and help others because it makes everything that I went through worth it. Like, yeah, it's worth it because I'm alive, but, but I wouldn't want what I went through to happen to anyone um, I do really feel like that 10 years of my life was kind of taken from me, you know? Um, and you know, it was, it, it is what it is. And now I live life to the fullest. And it's funny because my friends are like, wow, you're always traveling. You're always going here and going there. I'm like, yeah, I have I to make up for time that I was sick and that I wasn't able, I mean, really, I, I didn't feel like doing anything during that time period. And, 
And so it feels so good to be 100% Jackie Jensen, 110% Jackie Jensen. And I have so many friends. I have so such a beautiful, beautiful life. And I'm like, I can't, who is that girl? Who was she? I'm like, oh, but I know it was for a reason. And I know it's even more of a reason when I'm able to touch someone's life. And they're like, oh, oh, you've been through that. Oh, oh, you're how you are now. Oh, wow, you're beautiful. Oh, wow, you're successful. This, that like it didn't just happen you know like it it um afraid of ever being in that dark place again that I really just just live life to the fullest you know um right but yeah and I'm not even on any medicine like that's another thing that I wanted to talk about um if I have a few more minutes is that when I was going through anxiety and depression and all that stuff and I was seeing a doctor and they're putting me on all these different antidepressants to figure it out then they thought I had ADHD so they put me on that medicine all this different stuff and really nothing was working because I was depressed because I had been through all this trauma and I didn't want to live. And it was until I went into that therapist and I was like, listen, you know what? I found something I love. I'm, I'm really starting to love music again. I'm really starting to love movies and acting and all that kind of stuff again. And I just, I just want to live, you know, I just want to, I want to feel good. I had, I had that period of time. I was like, you know, you know, getting, getting ready. It was like, you know, like, I had moved up to L.A. and started college at SMC and stuff. I was around cool people or whatever, and I was just feeling better. And so, you know, I just I just wanted to be better. And so I'm not saying it's that easy for everyone, but I really believe, looking back on it, like my chemical imbalances because my brain was all messed up because I wasn't eating. Like I, that time period, 10 to 20, you, you should be eating and nourishment, and your brain's growing, and it's getting all these different stems of information, and it's forming all these, um, you know, synapses or whatever. <laughs> the, 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 on that podcast I was telling you guys about earlier, she talks about all that with neuroscience, but your brain is forming. That's fundamental years. And so them putting me on medicine, I mean, yeah, maybe it temporarily fixed it, but I don't take anything now, nothing for anxiety, nothing for depression. If I'm anxious for a run or I go work out or I meditate or I do breathing exercises, there's all these things I'm not saying I'm not, like, for medicine. There are times when you really need it, and I definitely feel like if you're going through depression and to get you out of it, maybe, but don't rely on it. Don't stay on it forever. Don't, like, put yourself in that situation where you're like, oh, I need to be on medicine because our world is so, like, oh, I'll just take a pill. That'll make me better. And it doesn't. It messes you up because we're not manu- We're not built to do that. We're not manufactured to, like, need a pill. There's so many things once back again the spirituality that you can solve through prayer meditation working out um you know journaling talking with your friends like i don't know if anybody knows this but just being around people that love you and you love them it releases natural dopamine and oxytocin like we're we are social animals and we're supposed to be out around people we're supposed to have friends do things that are good for us so for me, yeah, maybe when during that time period when I was starving myself, maybe the antidepressants did help and, and I was going through all that. But, I mean, since I was 20 years old, I don't take any of that, you know. So I'm a big believer. Like, I wake up, I drink water. I take a lot of vitamins, but no medication is going to make me feel as good as I feel now. And that's different for each individual person. But I just want to, like, round that up by saying you don't don't rely on it because a pill can't you feel the joy that meditating can or that getting out and traveling to a new country can or volunteering at your soup kitchen. I do a lot of humanitarian work too. That's another thing. Like 
uh, a couple Sundays ago I sang at Hotel Cafe and we raised money for this organization called um, the Electric Moon Foundation and they help school-aged kids get instruments and I also um, like I'm affiliated with the Alexandria House those those kids that get the instruments are at Alexandria House which is basically a house here in LA that gives mothers and their children a second chance at life so like whether they're leaving a an abusive relationship or their next drug user who's getting clean, um, it gives them a house and they learn to cook and, and have jobs and have their kids there in a safe environment. And uh, I'm really passionate about that. Actually, they have a concert this Friday, the little kids do, because they've all formed little bands with their instruments and they're putting on a show on Friday that hopefully um, if I can get out of my other commitment, I'm going to go see the kids perform. So that's like really fun. Like I love volunteer work. My mom and I had a charity growing up called Champions for Children. I would sing at that. Even when I was sick, I would sing at the events. And I'd be like, oh, like, this is fun. Like, I, that that did give me, like, glimmers of hope in there. Um, you know, my mom would do these big red carpet events. And, and it did. It made me excited about performing. I was always, like, kind of like the star of the event. I'd come on and sing. And, and even though I was sick, I... I was, I had a night where I didn't have to be, right, because I felt better and I got to perform. My mom had, like, hundreds of people there and stuff. So she really always tried to give me um, reasons to not, you know, want to be in that depressive state anymore. But it just all had to come around in my own time. You know, that's the thing with any kind of addiction or any dark time is that it has to be when they want it. They have to want to be better. And, um you know, I just hope that if you're listening that you're able to get to that place, you know. So life is beautiful, and um, life is really about helping others. So thank you, Crystal, for your time, and thank you for uh, for doing this to help others. I believe God has a big plan for you with this. Thank you. And while you're on here, um, we just have a few minutes left, but why don't you tell um, – the audience how they can get in touch with you and like maybe talk a little bit about your skincare just briefly like we still have like about five minutes or so oh fantastic okay so yes okay so my skincare line is vegan it's completely gluten-free um and it's the closest thing to holistic that we can do um i can't say organic because a lot of people ask me that here in california oh is it organic and you really don't want your skincare to be organic, and here's why. You need to have a few natural preservatives so that the product lasts because you don't want to get something that's organic and then you have to refrigerate it or it goes bad after a couple of weeks because it, it develops mold or all the, you know, growth can happen in anything organic. So, you know, you don't, you don't want organic skincare in my opinion. So everything's holistic. Um, everything comes from botanicals. You know, it's all made in the USA. Um, I am a woman, small business, so you're supporting a woman, a small business. If you order, they can go to www.jackiejskin.com. Right now, my four-step system uh, is on sale for $150. usually goes to retail over $300, so it's on sale right now. Um, I ship all over the world, um, and uh, I will, if you're listening to this podcast, um, on your order, you can put it in the notes that you listen to it on Crystal's podcast here, Voice for Victims, and I will throw in a free gift for you, um, so a free mystery gift. And also, if you get on a monthly auto ship program where you order every month, I do free shipping. So, um, you know, shipping's like anywhere from like 10 to 15 to $20, so um, I do free shipping for many people that order every month. And um, I do lots of giveaways, and I was telling 
Crystal here. I was telling her I would love to uh, do some future door prizes. So if you continue listening, I'm going to get to give away some free Jackie G Skin products and stuff. So you can enter to win and do different things like that. Um, but yeah, I really recommend just ordering the four step system. Most people are severely dehydrated. Uh, they don't drink enough water. They're out in the sun. Um, they don't exercise and eliminate the toxins out. So most people's skin is inflamed. Uh, it's got a lot of inflammation. It's, you know, people are using products basically that are made by drug companies and you don't even know most of the time if you buy stuff from anywhere not they're made by, if you look up, oh, who makes this brand, they're owned by drug companies. So they put all this stuff in there that you that's toxic and that you don't need. And my my products are all toxic-free and they're all cruelty-free. So, you know, I started using these products myself probably about a year and a half ago. And over COVID, I finally had a little bit of free time where I wasn't, you know, getting out and touring or I wasn't playing shows and I had a little break, right? So I was like, okay, I'm... I had always wanted to do a skincare line because my mom did skincare. So I've been around it for like 30 years. You know, I watched my mom. We had an image center in my house and women would come over every week, sometimes on the daily. And my mom would do a makeover on them. My mom used to write for Shape Magazine. She did lots of corporate consulting on the language of dress and color. She had an article in Shape, an article in the uh, Today's Dallas Woman. And so I was always in like this, this beauty industry and I saw the – the psychological benefits that go along with looking good, right? You look good, you feel good about yourself, and especially in the business world, to inspire any other young women out there listening, um, it's not all about looks, but definitely going into the business world, it is important how you present yourself, right? That's the package. And so just having good skincare is the base for good makeup I mean whenever I wear makeup now I always start with my skincare like that is my primer I don't use a primer I use my skincare um so that to me is the reason why I started it I was like okay I have some free time now I talked to my mom I said you know a good manufacturer I was lucky enough that she introduced me to someone that she had been working with for years and I came up with a really cool line called Jackie J skin that I developed to kind of look like piano keys Crystal, I know you use my skincare. I've made my skincare music-related, so it kind of coincides with my brand. Um, I um, went with, like, black, white, and silver packaging. It's very classy, very beautiful. Um, I already have some spas and some massage places that carry my line as well. Um, So I'm very excited about that. And um, I just feel good about it because this is what I use. I literally don't use anything else. Um, every morning I get up, I use my cleanser. It's called Clean Canvas. It's an exfoliating cleanser. It has AHAs and BHAs, which is alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids. They help loosen the bond of the dead skin cells, and it, like, sloughs away that outer layer, reveals a fresh face. And then when you, when you have this exfoliated face, you want to be sure um, to use the best product for that time, which would be a hyaluronic acid serum. If you've ever been for a facial, that's usually what they do. Right after they cleanse you and exfoliate you or they do that microdermabrasion on you, they always do hyaluronic acid. Um, hyaluronic acid is 200 times better than water. It nourishes the skin. It makes it more supple. Um, it's, hyaluronic acid is in a lot of stuff now, but my mom was using it back 30 years ago when no one really even knew what it was. So I'm lucky enough that I've been using hyaluronic acid on my face since I was like 10, you know. Um, and uh, my mom used to have this other scrub called Honey Almond Scrub. So like right at like 10 or 11, you know, I was 
exfoliating and using hyaluronic acid, which is very so. My hyaluronic acid serum is called It's a Hit. Um, you can buy that individually for forty nine ninety five. It lasts for about a month if you're using enough of it. I always tell people if you're not running out after a month, you're not using enough. Um, my cleanser is eight ounces, so that'll last maybe a couple months, but um, it just depends on if you're sharing it. You could even order that and share it with your kid, one of your kids, or, or your spouse, or whatever, because it is a big amount. Um, the cleanser is twenty nine ninety five. The hyaluronic acid is forty nine ninety five. And then the next product is called Major Key. Um, yeah, as you see, they all have names relating to music. Major Key is a skin tightening and firming serum. It's got all kinds of great uh, botanicals in it, Boswellia tree extract. It's got um, – actually, let me grab my little ingredient list and I can uh, read it to you. Major Key uh, is probably the most um, – like potent formula, all of them are pretty potent, but this has um, colloidal gold, which is a new revolutionary collagen-boosting peptide that combines the luxury of precious metals, platinum, and gold with the efficiency of peptides. Um, it has uh, hyaluronic acid as well in it. Um, it has ashwagandha root extract in it, which that herb is anti-inflammatory. Um, so it's perfect for blemishes or skin irritations. Ashwagandha root has both antibacterial and antimicrobial properties. Um, you know, so it lifts and it firms your skin. I always say this is my Botox in a bottle serum, um, and it smells really good too. Uh, if you are sensitive to scents, I know there are some people, the only one that really doesn't have a scent, I would say, would be the It's a Hit Hyaluronic Acid uh, Serum. That also has vitamin C, so that's hyaluronic acid and vitamin C and um, that is really awesome so um, that and then the last thing is the cream it's called perfect harmony and that has soy peptides it also has some collagen boosting peptides in there and um, just all around an amazing cream so that's my skincare and that's the system I always tell people order it, use it morning and night, and um, anytime you're dry, you know, you want to apply it. So even getting an extra set and keeping one in your purse, I know that's what I do. Um, and if I've been out in the sun or I'm just working, I'm not home, I, I like to do a little midday uh, reapplication too, you know? So how do you like using it, Crystal? I love it, and I would recommend you go into www.jackiejskin.com and order it today because it's amazing stuff, and I've noticed the difference with my skin as well. Um, I think it's really helped me, So, and I'm going to continue using it. I absolutely love it. Oh, so that's so I, great. Um, oh, you're welcome. It, it is, and, that, and I mean that. Like, seriously, I really like the stuff, and um, obviously I've been buying it this whole time, so... Um, yes. I, I would no, definitely I, recommend getting this. And I've even told yeah, some of my friends about it. So, like, it's, oh, it's amazing. That's so great. Yeah, and it's another way I, I enjoy helping others. You know, I've, I've had some great before and afters. And I always tell people, you know, you can hide you can hide your body with clothes. You can hide. You can change your shoes. You can change your house. You can change your spouse, even. <laughs> you can change everything. You can change your friends. <laughs> city you live in you can change anything but you cannot change your face I mean unless you want to go get a facelift or do any of that kind of stuff and that's crazy expensive so I always tell people like invest in your face right like invest in it like people it's so funny I would say more men than women I actually have quite a bit of men who use this now too 
But, you know, uh, men are like, oh, like, why do I need skincare? I'll just splash water on my face. And it's like, um, well, I don't know. You could look good for your wife or your girlfriend or whatever. Like, it's, men need to look good, too. And for women, we're already brought up in that world of taking care of ourselves and all that stuff. Um, so it's, it's cool to now see that um, women are, are infiltrating the way that their husbands take care of themselves. They're like, you know, I have a lot of couples that order and stuff. They're like, oh. Well, I use it, and I want my husband to use it, too. So this is completely unisex. Both men and women can use it. And none of the smells are feminine. They're they're all unisex. I mean, they my major key smells, like, really fresh. Um, and then if the hit doesn't smell like anything, and the cream doesn't – it smells like the shea butter. There's a little bit of shea butter in there. Um, and then clean canvas is citrus. So, yeah, I'm, you know, men or women, you deserve to look your very best all the time, and that starts, it starts with good skincare. So, Well, thank you again. Um, we're about out of time now, but um, I love okay. having you on the show, and yes. I um, think you're doing amazing things. I love your music. I, you know, always see it on Facebook, and I think you do very oh. well. You're a great performer, beautiful voice. So um, I would recommend you follow her on Facebook, too. Um, She's got a Facebook page. And then you can tell them anything you want to tell, you know, how they can follow you and everything. Yeah. um, You can, if you want to buy my music, you can buy the singles that I have out there, a dollar each. You can buy them on CD Baby. But if you have a streaming platform, you can just stream my music for free. Um, I you can follow me on Apple Music and Spotify. You just type in J A C K I E, J E N S E N, and then um, that's the name Jackie Jensen. You can follow me on Apple Music, Spotify, also YouTube. That would be the number one thing you could do to support me would be to just go to YouTube. On YouTube, you just YouTube.com/slash/JackieJensen22, or you could just type into YouTube Jackie Jensen sings at Hotel Cafe. And I'll come up and just subscribe to my channel. I'm really growing that. Um, actually, I just put out a performance of my last one at Hotel Cafe. I sang Stairway to Heaven um, and Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. And in like two days, I had like 400 views. So I couldn't believe that. It was. Um, I'm getting more of an audience, which is really fun. Um, I know God gave me a voice, and I enjoy sharing it uh, with the world. That's really where I'm at with music is that no matter what I – I'm not really doing it for fame or any notoriety. I just really love music. I believe that God gave me a gift, and I enjoy sharing it. Um, I built a recording studio here where I live, and it's really fun. I have a bunch of new music coming out. So I'm excited to share that with you. You guys can watch my uh, music video that I directed. I talked about that earlier in the podcast. It's called I've Got the Music in Me, Baby, and uh, I shot that out in Newport Beach, my hometown, and uh, that was really fun. That was last year. Actually, it, I just did a, a reel about it on Instagram, um, which you can follow me on Instagram, too, I forgot, um, which is at I am Jackie Jensen, I-A-M-J-A-C-K-I-E-J-E-N-S-E-N. Also on TikTok, uh, this crazy new world we live in, TikTok is becoming more and more popular. So that is I am Jackie Jensen official. So I am Jackie Jensen official on TikTok and I am Jackie Jensen on Instagram. But yeah, I posted a reel um, because this time last year I was actually directing my first music video, which was really fun to do. And um, that was for my song, I've Got the Music, which I wrote and produced. And some friends of mine played guitar and drums on. And um, I played piano on that too. 
and then another friend played bass. So it was fun to uh, make that song and then make the video, and, and that's really what I love doing. I love coming up with a concept, writing a song, and I'm excited that I have two new songs coming out. One is called Superstar, and the other one's called Soul to Soul, and I'll get to do music videos for those two, and then um, I got like nine more singles after that, so... Staying busy, Crystal. Staying busy. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again. We're out of time uh-huh. now, but um, thank you for coming on, and thank you, everyone out there, for listening. Until next time, just go out and serve others, um, not only for yourself, but for everyone else. Everyone have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Voice for Victims podcast. Stand up for what is right and leave a legacy behind for others to follow. By Crystal Starnes. Always stand up and make a difference for yourself or someone else. Don't ever suffer in silence. Good targeting, I encourage you to invest. Invest well as a sponsor, invest well as an advertiser for the voice, for victims, for the comfort circle, and we encourage you to do both. Thank you so much. Are you feeling sluggish and feeling like you have no energy? Look no further. Kickstart your morning or afternoon and enjoy regulated, even energy that keeps you going without the crash or unwanted side effects of harsh stimulants used in typical energy drinks. Zero sugar, zero crash, sustainable energy, hydration, and fat burn. You can find this product, which is called Energize Go, at healthfirst.relive.com. Dot com. Again, healthfirst.relive.com. Now, what are you waiting for? Go try Energize Go. Kids need nutrition to stay focused and function at their best. Relive Kids Now makes this simple by giving them protein, vitamins, minerals with nutrients to support their immune system, growth and brain development. It's all there in a simple, delicious daily shake. You can get this product in vanilla or chocolate. And you can go to healthfirst.relive.com. Again, healthfirst.relive.com. Go get your shake today. Voice for Victim podcast wants you. Voice for Victims podcast is dedicated to educating the community about various aspects of victimization and giving victims an opportunity to speak up. Currently, the podcast is heard nationally on Thursday nights. It is carried on Blog Talk, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, and Apple. If you support what Voice for Victims is doing, 
please contact voiceforvictimspodcast.com and a representative will contact you with further details. Thanks for listening and your support. Thank you.